Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Well, good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas to you all. It's so exciting to be with each and every one of you, whether you're new here at Restoration Church, it's your first time, or you're an oldie but goodie and you've been here since the beginning. Uh, We're so glad that each and every one of you are here. Like my wife said, we sincerely and genuinely are glad that you are here with us this morning celebrating the birth of Christ. And I also just want to give a second invitation. I know my wife already invited you back, not next week, but the following week uh, to Restoration Church. Uh, As you can tell, we meet at a school and we've been here for about four years Minus one because of the pandemic, it's crazy here. But uh, yeah, what I want to invite you back is not to uh, some flashy uh, facilities or things like that or anything spectacular. There's nothing spectacular about what we're doing here. Uh, but what I will invite you back is this. If you have a desire to know the Word of God, and if you have a desire to know the God of the Word, I do invite you back here at Restoration Church Again, we simply go through books of the Bible most of the time, verse by verse, section by section, in its proper context. And we just want you to know the Word of God like never before so that you can know the God of the Word. So I invite you back. We're in a series through the book of Romans, which has been phenomenal so far. And so we're only in chapter 4, and it's about to get even better. So again, I invite you back if you desire to know the Word of God and the God of the Word. So I want to begin this morning by giving you a hypothetical situation, hypothetical scenario. So picture this with me. You and your friends or family are excited to watch a movie that you have been just wanting to watch in a long, long time. So you gather your friends and family in the car and you're headed to the movie theaters, you somehow, if you have kids, get the kids out of the car in one piece, and you make it to the concessions, and you buy your soda and your popcorn for only $150 plus tip at an 8% interest, and so you're good, you're set, and so you have your popcorn, you get settled in, and the movie begins, and you're watching this movie that you've been wanting to watch for a long, long time, And it's getting really good. The movie's about to hit its peak, and it's about to get really good. And the next thing you know, the movie stops. And the credits begin to roll. And the workers turn on the lights, and they start cleaning your really, really expensive popcorn. What would you think? How would you feel in that situation? If you're anything like me... You'd be bummed out. Hey, I just paid to watch this movie. It was about to get good, and you cut it off. Like, what's going on? I want to know what happens. I want to know the rest of the story. Well, the truth is that this exact scenario happens every Christmas Eve at church services. We pastors, myself included, tend to focus a lot of the times on the Christmas story as it relates to the birth of Christ. However, the Christmas story is much more than the birth of Christ. It's just part of the story. And sometimes when we pastors just focus on that birth um, event, it's like cutting a movie short. We don't 
give you the whole story. You see, the birth of Christ is just the beginning or part one of the Christmas story. In a movie, you have a beginning, middle, and end, don't you? The beginning of a movie, usually you, they introduce the characters, they set up the plot line. The middle of the movie, you have this, a lot of the times, conflict between either a hero and a villain. And the third part of the movie, you have some kind of resolution. Well, that's true with the Christmas story. There's a beginning and there's a middle and end. And so this morning, with just a few minutes that we have, I want to give you the complete Christmas story today. And I want to do that by tracing a topic. I want to trace the topic of peace through the entire Christmas story. Yes, Jesus' birth brought hope and joy and purpose and forgiveness and a lot of other things, but he also brought peace. And I want to trace the topic of peace through the Christmas story. And so why did I want to do this? Like, why did I want to focus on the topic of peace, the, priest, the peace that Jesus brings? Well, I believe that one of the things that people are missing these days is peace. I believe that people are missing peace in our world today. In fact, version, the Bible, if you have the Bible app, which is downloaded by millions and millions of people around the world, you probably have it on your phone. If, if you read the Bible on your phone, it's the most common app that people have. But they just reported that the number one verse for the third year in a row was Isaiah chapter 41.10. It gets shared and highlighted all the time. The number one verse, three years in a row, and this is the verse. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. And so what does that tell me? It tells me this, that people, maybe you, are going through a really, really rough season. It tells me that people are suffering. It tells me that people are going through some very difficult, real, tough, heartbreaking situations and scenarios and storms. Therefore, we need peace. You need peace. We all need peace. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe as you look back on this year, it's been a rough, rough year. It's been the toughest year of your life. Maybe some of you this year, you're struggling to make ends meet. And that's a real struggle. That's a real pain point. The economy is going crazy. Things are getting expensive. You don't know how you're just going to survive. And you've been struggling. You've been doubting. Will God provide? Maybe for some of you, you've lost a loved one this year. Or maybe multiple loved ones. Family members, friends, and your heart is just broken and it just aches. Maybe for some of you, the pain point and the struggle that you're having is in your marriage. Maybe your marriage is about to crumble. You've tried to piece things together, but there's still no reconciliation. Maybe for some of you, you went to the doctor and got a diagnosis that was not in your favor and you're struggling with your physical health. Maybe for some of you, you have adult children, young adults, or maybe even older, and you see their life and you worry about them and they're making some poor choices and you wish you can just make those choices for them, but you can't. And so as a parent, it hurts. 
Maybe for some of you, the feeling of loneliness is just eating away at you. You've been single for a long time. And you're like, God, are you just going to send someone? I feel lonely. I feel unwanted, unworthy. Maybe for some of you, it's a spiritual struggle. Maybe you lack whether you have peace with God. You constantly wonder at night whether if you take your last breath, where will you spend eternity? A lack of assurance of salvation. Whatever it may be that you're going through, I could go on and on. We've all gone through some tough, tough moments in our lives. And here's the thing. A lot of the times we try to find peace in the wrong things and in the wrong places, don't we? A lot of times, well, if I just ignore it, then the problem will go away. Let me tell you something by experience. It doesn't go away. If I just distract myself on my phone or social media, the problem and the pain is just going to go away. No, it's just a distraction. It's still there. We turn to drugs and alcohol and relationships, material possessions. If I just had more stuff, if I just had more money, then I would be at peace. My friends, let me tell you, no amount of money or material possessions will give you the peace that only Jesus can give. And so the things that we put our trust in to give us peace end up leaving us in greater chaos and conflict and disorder. And so like I said this morning, I got to tell you this, that I, I believe that you're not here by chance or by accident. I believe that you're here for a reason. The scriptures don't talk about chance or luck. God drew you here to this church to hear this message. And I hope and pray that it'd be such a blessing to you today. And so again, this morning, what I want to do quickly is go through the Christmas story, through the topic of peace, and give you three types of peace that the birth of Christ sets in motion. And the first, if you're taking notes, is this. He gives saving peace, saving peace. At his incarnation, Jesus brought saving peace. The incarnation is simply just a fancy word where Jesus comes wrapped in flesh. Jesus was born. He was God wrapped in flesh to bring saving peace. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 14 says this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to, 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 to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while there... And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. 
You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly there will be, there, and suddenly there will, with the angels, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and this is the part I want to focus on this morning, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Jesus came primarily to bring saving peace. What does this peace refer to? This peace here refers to peace with God. It refers to peace between God and man. What is the opposite of peace? The opposite of peace is war, isn't it? It's war. And so Jesus came to end the war with God. He came to bring peace between sinful man and a holy God. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, the apostle Paul tells us that we are outside of Christ and apart from Christ, we are enemies of God. We are at war with God. I know that doesn't get preached much from the pulpit, but it's true. And so Jesus came to reconcile us back to God, to end the war with God, to have peace with God, to turn us from enemies of God to children of God. Parents, you know this. You know this. Parents, if you have multiple kids, more than what you know what it's like to be a mediator of peace. You know what it's like to bring peace between two people, especially your kiddos, right? They're fighting, they're yelling, and what do you do? You get them together and you say, you're sorry. And you make them, uh, you know, you make them hug each other and all that stuff. And there's peace. Like parents, you're really, really good at that. You're, you're good at ending the war between siblings. And that's the same thing that Jesus does. And that's the reason why he came, to be that mediator between God and man, to end the war between us and God. Let me remind you, because a lot of times we get off, off focus during the Christmas season, that Jesus did not come to create a holiday. Jesus came to create peace between God and man. That is the number one reason why Jesus came to create peace between a holy God and sinful people. Now, notice in that last phrase that I just read, it says, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Question for you this morning is, does everybody have peace with God according to the Bible, according to this verse? And the answer is no. Peace with God is available to all, but not experienced by all. It is, it's implied by what I just read, peace among those, those. There's a distinction between people who have peace with God and people who do not have peace with God. So who are those that God is pleased with? Who are those that have peace with God, saving peace with God? In other words, salvation. Well, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 gives us the answer. Look what it says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that 
word justified is a fancy theological term that basically means that we are declared righteous before God. Uh, you see, one day we will all stand before God, and we are, those who have placed their faith in Jesus, will be declared righteous before a holy God. So therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So peace with God comes to those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Peace with God or salvation, in other words, comes to those who have repented of their sin, meaning turned their back on their old life, turned their back on their old ways, had a change of heart and a change of mind and placed their faith in Jesus. And it's done through faith. It is a gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. We can't earn our peace with God. We can't be good enough to have favor with God. You see, other religions are works-based religions. Other religions, whether it's Islam, Roman Catholicism, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, you name it, all say you have to work to find salvation. Christianity is the only religion that says salvation is free. It's a gift of God. You don't have to earn it. You didn't deserve it, but God wants to give it to you anyway so that you can have peace with him. It's not faith plus works. It's not faith plus the sacraments or faith plus all of these things. It's faith alone in Christ alone. Friend, guest, especially if you're new to restoration, it's your first time. Your greatest need is not more presence. Your greatest need is not more money. Your greatest need is not that corner office in that building so that everyone can think you're super cool. Your greatest need is not even finding the right person if you're single. Your greatest need is in even physical healing or more stuff. Friend, your greatest need is peace with God. Because once you have peace with God, God, it changes everything for you. And I will just, in, about, in a moment, I will explain what that changes for you. But that's your greatest need. That's part one of the story. That Jesus' birth brings peace. What's part two of the story? His ascension. And his ascension brings inner peace in our lives. His ascension. So Jesus, after his death and resurrection, goes back to heaven. Yes, he comes down in his incarnation to bring peace with God, but he also goes back up after his resurrection to give us inner peace. Let me give you a quick context of what I'm about to read. Jesus is with his disciples, and he's been with them a little over three years, and they followed him everywhere. They've been with him for three years, 24-7, They've been his teacher. He's been teaching them. He's been instructing them. And then all of a sudden he tells them, hey, um, I'm going to leave shortly. I'm going to leave you guys. And not only am I going to leave you guys, but you will face some intense persecution for your faith. 
it's going to get hard for you. You're going to go through some really difficult things. That's what Jesus tells him. But I don't know if, if that were me, I'd be a little scared. But Jesus like, you can't just leave us like that. What do you mean we're going to be persecuted? What do you mean we're going to pay with our life? But this is what Jesus tells them and tells us this morning. John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He's like, I'm not giving you peace like the world. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John 16, 32, in the same context, behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will. He didn't say you might have tribulation. You will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Part two of the story. Jesus goes back up and gives us inner peace. I have a one-year-old little baby, the one that just got escorted out because she was crying. Just because you're the pastor's daughter doesn't mean you get like some special treatment. And so there's just been conversations that my wife and I have been um, just talking about and having that I just, we never, we've never had before because we've never had, it's our first baby. We've never had these conversations. So we were just thinking a few weeks back, like, hey, like if something happens to us, like what happens to Ari? Like what? Like, seriously, like, what, what happens with our baby? Like, who does she go to? And it's this conversation we've never had. And, and you know what? Like, we have to make sure something does happen, that we leave a will and, and that, you know, we take care of her if we, you know, that she's taken care of and stuff like that. And then my wife looks over at me and she's like, what are you going to leave Ari? What, like, what, what are you going to leave Ari? And I'm like, my books? Like, I'm like, I mean, if you know me, you know I love books. Like, there's the most prized possessions. Like, I'm going to leave, my, leave her my books, you know? I can just picture Ari like, Dad, you left me books? Like, come on, Dad, I want cash, right? Like, I want cash. But we're just having these conversations about leaving a will and making sure she's being taken care of. And, you know, Jesus, when he left earth and he ascended, he left the will too. And I love how Matthew Henry, an 18th century minister, put it. I think it's just perfect. He says this, when Christ left the world, he made his will. His soul, he left to his father and his body to Joseph. His clothes fell to the soldiers. His mother, he left to the care of John. But what should he leave to his poor disciples who had left all for him? Silver and gold, he had none. But he left them what was far better, his peace. Amen to that, right? Jesus left a will, and in that will, he left peace for those who would place their faith in him. The question is, are you in his will? Have you placed your faith in Christ to receive this peace that only he offers? A helpful verse in understanding this inner peace that Jesus offers is Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 7. 
It says, do not be anxious about anything. You're like, that's really hard to do, right? Like, when you read this verse, you're like, it is so difficult not to worry. I'm there too, trust me. But he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the inner peace that Jesus brings through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in every single believer. Inner peace. Paul says, peace that surpasses all understanding. What does he mean by that? It's incomprehensible peace. It's peace that as we're going through the storms of life, we are able to keep it together. It's peace when we're going through the most difficult valleys and we feel like it's just pouring upon us, bad situation, bad situation after situation, that we keep calm, that we keep steady, that there's a security no matter what we face. That is the type of peace that God offers. It's the peace of God. Why? Because we have peace with God. And if you have peace with God, you have the peace of God. And so the peace of God overflows from having peace with God. It's incomprehensible. People will look at you like, how are you keeping it together? How is it that you haven't just quit? How is it that you just, you don't have a bad attitude and that you're still joyful because of the peace of God that lives in me through the power of the Spirit. And notice what Paul says, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a military term, actually, in the Greek language. In other words, God is watching over you and guarding your heart and your mind from anxiety, from doubt, from fear, from distress. He is guarding you, and that is why we have peace, even through the most difficult situation. And notice, Paul says, pray. If you want this peace, pray. Ask God. See, I've, over the years, I've learned that those who pray the most worry the least. Have you ever noticed that? Those who pray the most worry the least. Amen to that. She agrees. It's all right. You just pray. Just ask for it. You don't have to earn it. Jesus says, hey, I give you peace, not like the world gives. You see, here's the thing. The world, the, the peace that the world gives us is dependent on circumstances. Everything that has to be right. Everything has to be perfect in our lives. That's peace. Well, that never happens, does it? But that's the peace that the world sells us. It's dependent on circumstances. But biblical peace, true peace is dependent on Jesus. Because the Bible says that he is peace. Worldly peace says, hey, take control. If you want peace, you have to take control. Biblical peace says, give up control and trust God. Worldly peace says, hey, you know what? I'm going to work for it. I'm going to earn it. I, I googled, how do you find peace? And there was tons of stuff that came out and everything was, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Worldly peace says, you have to work at it and earn it. Biblical peace says, you have to ask for it and just trust in Jesus. 
he provides that inner peace. So Jesus' birth, part one of the story, he brings saving peace between God and man. He goes back up, part two of the story, and he doesn't leave us without a will. He leaves us with the Holy Spirit who gives us inner peace. But the story is not over. We have the ending of the story. We have that ending. Part three of the story is perfect peace at a second coming. Perfect peace. I'm going to ask Jesse to come back up at this time. Perfect peace. Jesus will come back a second time, my friends. This time, he will not come as Savior, but as judge. He will come again. Jesus will not come in diapers at all, but he will come with the rod of iron to destroy sin, death, Satan once and for all. Jesus will come back to deal and defeat the enemy and deal with people who have not placed their faith in Christ in order to usher in the eternal state. My friends, our life is but a mist. We're here one moment and gone the next. Maybe you're thinking, well, I'll get right with God later. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not even guaranteed past tonight. But he's coming back. That's the full story. That's how the movie ends. This is how the story ends. Jesus is coming back to deal with sin. To deal with Satan to deal with those who have rejected him. But for those who have placed their faith in Christ, who are justified, like I said earlier, who are able to stand before a holy God, not in a righteousness of their own, but in a righteousness of Christ through faith, what do they receive? Perfect peace. Jesus also comes back a second time to complete our peace. Because as you know, our peace is not complete, is it, in this world? But he's coming back to complete our peace. Let me give you a snippet of the eternal state. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Perfect peace for those in Christ Jesus. Picture this with me for just a few seconds. Could you imagine with me a world with no more pain? Could you imagine with me a world with, with no more depression? Could you imagine with me a world with no more anxiety? 
a world with no more abuse, a world with no more murder, a world with no more hatred, a world with no more worry, a, a world with no more disease, a world with no more broken relationships, a world with no more hurt and no more crying. Could you imagine a world like that? It's hard to imagine, but it's true. And it's a promise of God for those who believe in Christ Jesus. That is perfect peace. And that's the full story. That's the Christmas story. Saving peace, inner peace, and one day, complete and perfect peace. So here's what I'm trying to say in just one simple sentence. Here's what I want you to get. That Jesus came to create peace, give peace, and one day he will complete our peace. So how do we respond to this? Well, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you've never repented of sin and placed your faith in Jesus, my friend, there's only one decision for you to make. I can't make it for you. Your parents can't make it for you. Nobody can make it for you. But I encourage you today to surrender your life to Jesus to repent of sin, meaning turning away from your former life, your former way of thinking, your former way of living, realizing that your way is not better, that God's way is better, turning your back on the world and placing your faith in Jesus to have peace with God. What do you do that? What do you do that today? fully and finally surrendered to him. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You have nothing to lose but everything to gain. Take it from me personally. If that's you, if you're like, you know what? I realize I'm not at peace with God and that I need inner peace and that I hope to have peace. Would you let us know? Would you take that connection card and check off the box that you want to commit your life to Jesus? Let me just remind you, though, that just because you check off the box doesn't mean that you're, you're saved. Checking the box doesn't save you. Praying a prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. So right there where you are, right in your heart, in your mind, say, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. And I want peace with you, everlasting peace, real peace. And let us know. I want to follow back up with you to walk with you through this journey. I wish when I first came to faith in Christ, someone walked with me because a lot of times it's like, hey, you're saved. And then now what? But we want to walk with you in this lifelong journey. Believer, those of you that for sure know that you are in Christ and that you do have peace with God and that you do have the indwelling Holy Spirit in you. What does this mean to you? I just want to encourage you briefly 
to remember, remember that you are at peace with God. Remember that you are a child of God. Remember that you are no longer at war with God. Remember that you are loved by God unconditionally and nothing can separate you from the love of God. And that this father has perfect peace and gives you perfect peace. Remember that peace dwells in you. That you have peace on the inside. That when, that when you were born again, that when you were taken from, taken from darkness to light, the, God gave you the spirit of peace in you. So peace lives in you. Yes, your world might be falling apart around you, but peace dwells in you. Remember that. And believer, as you're traveling through this life of chaos and torment and pain and hurt, yet you have peace in you, you live in light of eternity. You live knowing that one day you will experience perfect peace, complete peace. So don't give up. There is no hopeless situation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because peace is coming. It's coming. Jesus is coming to complete our peace. Let me pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for this full story that God, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, not to create a holiday, but to create peace between God and man. And we are so thankful for that. Create in us a heart of gratitude. Jesus, the word says that you came to save, seek and save the lost. You came to die on the cross for our sin. You came to save us from eternal punishment. And so, God, I pray that you would draw your people, people in this room, draw them by your sovereign grace. Let them see the beauty of Christ and the glory of Christ with their own eyes and with their own hearts. And, God, for the rest of us who are believers, may we just... May we live in light of eternity. May we keep our head up. May we continue to persevere in this life. May we speak to others of the peace that dwells within us. May we cling on to hope in you, Christ Jesus, because you are with us. God, we're about to end in this final song here. And we just want to sing to you and praise you and worship you for everything you've done. God, we thank you. Your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.